0: guys i'm thrilled manushi chiller is here and uh, we just thought we'd do a small little sit down and chat because it's been a while since prithviraj which was the last release wonderful to see you and you're looking lovely as always
1: thank you wonderful to see you
0: manushi one of the reasons i'm here and for all of you who are watching listening from me K, please keep your eyes riveted because miss world finally comes back to india in the year 2023 and that if you remember is what brought Manushi into our collective consciousness as a nation back in 2017. You must be absolutely thrilled because it's a long time coming, isn't it? I mean, finally an addition, back in India.
1: Yeah, I think what, 27 years?
0: 27 years, 27 you're right. 27
1: years. For me, it's exciting. I mean, the last time it happened, I wasn't even born. So, for me, it's the very first time seeing something which is so close to my heart actually come to my country. And this is a conversation I'd, I'd been having with them since I was Miss World. And, we, you know, we'd always talk and I'd tell them that every year you go to this Wonderful country. The girls come from all over the world, they travel, they have these experiences. Why not India? There's so much India has to offer, and they said, you know, we want to, let's we're sure when the time is right, it'll happen, and now it's happening.
0: And you know, we have so much expertise in event management now. You see the kind of cricket world cups we organize. Yeah. It's just note perfect. I mean, you walk into the Wankade or the DY Patil and you see these amazing, you know, stands full of people. You know, everything is taken care of, note perfect. Our graphics, our sound. <laughs> (laughs) design, everything is really world-class. So, I think it's the right time that it's come back to India.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good time to be in India and I think the whole world is looking at India. So, I think the very fact that there will be 120 girls from all over the world coming here brings a lot of opportunity to India as well.
0: And we're hoping that an Indian girl does (laughs) what nobody's done since you did, (laughs) which is...
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers
0: crossed. So, I'm going to do a bit of a a rewind. China 2017, Sanya, you beat Miss England, you beat Miss Mexico. Your memories of that amazing evening six years ago, I know at the time it must have felt like a blur, but talk me through it.
1: I think 18th of November 2017 changed my life and I'm so glad that I got to share the stage with Miss England and Miss Mexico because they are both amazing women, Miss. Mexico went on to become Miss Universe two years later so we're really proud of her and I mean Stephanie I still keep in touch with her she's also planning to compete again so I think that's something which I'm really happy about but if I look back at that night I still remember we had rehearsed so many times you know we'd rehearse because it's a live show and you have to finish it on time so even the final night felt very much like a rehearsal and I think it's only when I reached top 10 and this is a silly thing someone from the Miss India social media team like put in my head and he Said that you know we've managed to make it to top ten so many times, but you know all our Miss India's they just we never make it to top five. We've not made it to top five in a long in a while, like since he had been around. And when I reached top ten, that's when it hit me, and I'm like, oh my god, (laughs) this is happening tonight, and this is it. You know, this one month that you've had such a gala time here with all these girls and with the whole Miss World team, that's pretty much it. Tomorrow, everyone's packing their bags, going home. One girl travels with them, and everyone else kind of goes back to their own respective countries. But it almost even now when I think about about it, it almost feels so magical. And it felt like a little bit like, you know, this was meant to happen because everything just fell into place for me. And, you know, that night, like I said, changed my life. Came back home and it was the way it was celebrated is what got me the realization that okay, this has happened. And of course the realization kept happening in quantums over the next few months. But I think the most wonderful experience of my life, competing at the Miss World pageant, I think was so fun. Interacting with these girls who had come from different countries. They all had so much to offer and so much to share and to be able to experience that at a young age of 20 when you're so impressionable. You know, you've not seen the world and you're ready to learn and absorb. That experience, you can't get in the best of universities or you can't get that platform anywhere else.
0: So, I'm going to jump timelines. That's the beauty of this interview. You'll find me going from the past to the present. I love the ST Lauder campaign. You know, it's just a perfect brand fitment. I mean, each time I see you with their product, It is storytelling. I mean, what is good advertising? Good advertising is storytelling. When you marry a great personality with a great brand and they've managed to do it. And hats off to them. And it looks as though you're really enjoying that campaign. You're enjoying every part of being a brand ambassador for Estee Lauder.
1: I think the whole conversation with Estee Lauder, you know, obviously happened much before they announced me as the face of their advanced night serum. And, you know, now that they've announced me as their global ambassador. I think that the story, the very fact that it was started by... A female. Yep. In a time when women didn't have financial independence to go out there and buy the products that they really wanted, they had their men buying This is something I've recently spoken about as well they had their men buying fragrances. So she was one of the first few who released a body oil which was could also double up as a fragrance for women and that's when, you know, that was, when it was one of the first accounts of women buying something for themselves. The fact that the brand has a story attached to it and that's what I love about brand associations. Of course, this is not something you can always follow but As a child growing up, you know, you always associated these different personalities to the personality of a brand, and there had to be an overlap. Yeah. And, you know, certain legacy brands had these faces and that was a dream and I got to do that with Estee Lauder because the very fact that somewhere I feel that the values I hold close to myself are also the values that the brand emulates and to find that brand and to find that fit is so important especially today when you know most of your brand conversations are quick digital associations and there's not a long-term journey or a long-term story there.
0: You know, so much is made of uh, 4GK Kids, kids from the Army, Air Force and Navy and hats off to them and that whole ecosystem. But you're a DRDO kid, <laughs> yes. which is a defense research development yes. organization. And a lot skid. of people, a <laughs> lot of people are very proud of that because the DRDO scientist community itself has given so much to the nation. Yes. And I remember even when you won until date, a lot of puff chests out there saying, you know, she's our <laughs> girl. What was it like growing up as a DRDO kid?
1: So my father, when he started working for DRDO, his very first posting was in Bangalore. That's when I was Born and that's where I spent the first seven years of my life. And, you know, you're always with these kids and you get access to so much, you know, being in that lovely campus where all these DRD and 4G kids are, you know, studying and growing up with them, the fact that you are exposed to a national crowd where everyone's from different parts of the country, That experience in that that I miss now that you know we're here in Mumbai and although I live with my family but I miss the whole uh, mixed culture of like every Saturday there'll either be a movie where everyone would go together or there'd be like one party or we'd all go to the officer's mess and you know the kids would have their own thing the wives would have their own thing and the men would have their own little thing so I think that that culture of kind of understanding that you know we've all come from different paths and especially if, I mean you spoke about 4G kids they keep getting posted <laughs> (laughs) a lot more often than DRDO scientists do. But then my father, of course, moved to Delhi, you know, when he got promoted and Delhi was most of my childhood and we had a lovely campus there, which we, we later on moved into the campus. And we always preferred staying in the campus. I got a lot of support from DRDO when I went for the Miss World competition and for the Miss India competition. A lot of love and genuinely, I think, even today, whenever I go to Delhi, the fact that I am a DRDO kid has added a lot to my individuality as well. Of course, I've spent such a long time with all of them, and I miss the campus culture sometimes. Which you know, Bombay is different.
0: You know, you see Rocket Boys and all these series, and you think of Dr. Kalam.
1: Of course, and you know
0: <laughs> his time done serving the nation, yeah. and you've met him. You did, haven't you? I,
1: I have seen him as a child when he was in Bangalore. When he was, of course, he was not the president back then. Back he then. was a scientist with the DRDO. So I remember, as a, I mean, I have a very faint memory, but. Uh, I think my parents remember it better when he was in Bangalore.
0: You know, what I've always liked about you, maybe because it's your DRDO background or maybe because it's, you know, you started off in pageants, is that everything you do is very classy. I always think Manushi Chiller class, you know, and <laughs> with all due respect to a lot of people who go to Cannes <laughs> and struck the red carpet, your Cannes appearance was just spectacular. I mean, you went there as part of an initiative, you were looking a million bucks. Again, it seemed as though it was a thought-off plan and... Some of the stuff you were doing was impulsive, impromptu, but it's quite an experience, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, everybody yeah. who goes there says the first time is really special. And i had a
1: lot of fun. Yeah,
0: talk to me about that, yeah.
1: So, this was my second time at Cannes actually, but the first time I went, I went for a festival called MIPCOM, which happens later okay. in the year.
0: So, I went you didn't to the film festival. Yeah. yeah,
1: I went there as Miss World and then actually this was completely impromptu. I was uh, shooting for a film, I was not in Mumbai, for I think we were gone for three months at least and hardly had any time to prepare. What I knew was I had a lot of faith in my team where I told, I remember telling my stylist Shifa that, you know what, let's just keep, do what we do best, okay? Just, just think about what do you feel when you think about me as a person and whenever you see a dress that you have the same feeling, you know, you, you feel it's the same, just make me look the best that I can look I don't want you to do anything dramatic I don't want you to take any pressure and that's what we decided we in fact didn't even go with all our clothes a lot of the clothes we found there wow. we, you know she she got them shipped there because there was not enough time and the debut outfit that I wore the white uh, Favari dress was decided Five minutes before I was supposed to get into hair and makeup. We landed in Cannes and we landed in Nice. We drove to Cannes and we were supposed to do a couple of fittings around, and I think we did go, we saw a lot of wonderful outfits, but for some reason nothing felt like me. I didn't feel like this is me. You know, I didn't want to do anything dramatic. I just wanted to do something which would represent me in a, the person that I am in the best manner. And Shifa had nicely hidden these two, three outfits in her <laughs> suitcase. And she, a this, in <laughs> <laughs> and she took me to joker
0: in the back. And she
1: took me to these really big designers and she'd made me try everything and we'd actually finalize something else and then we came back and she kept asking me you're happy right you're happy with what you're wearing I said I'm I'm perfectly fine it's okay it's at the end of the day it's about how you present yourself it's not all about just an outfit don't worry and uh, which is a stylist's nightmare if you say that to them (laughs) but anyway and then she said you know what I have three more outfits if you want to look at them I said show me and she showed me and two of them I actually ended up wearing and my reaction the minute I saw them was where were these why did you make us run around the town when you had them right here and she said you know they reached the hotel but I didn't know if you wanted to wear them the good thing was that the white outfit fitted me perfectly there was another blue high-low gown that I wore which was my last look it was an ice blue outfit and I wanted to wear that but I think that had to be fitted a bit. So, I think the, the white was just perfect and I had George with me doing my hair and makeup. And I think that the good thing that happened was that we decided that we're not going to be stuck on what we should be doing and we just kind of go with the flow, see what works and I told both of them that you both are good at what you do. <laughs> so, let's just put this all together as a team. Big ups to <laughs> Team
0: Manushi at Cannes. Did you see a great film?
1: Unfortunately, I ah, <laughs> You have to make
0: another trip now to go to watch the movie. Yeah, so
1: that my first red carpet I thought I'd probably go in and watch the film but I had I had other commitments and to get you know you need to keep applying and to actually get uh, yeah.
0: people <laughs> to tell me it's past. a rough one yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah
1: it's tough but we, we spent four days Chifa and I we spent four days in Nice and we decided just to like kind of treat ourselves after those hectic two days in Paris.
0: Parisian cafes mm-hmm. and croissants can't go wrong with them yeah <laughs> I love that small little look of Tehran I mean we can't speak much about it but just as a sneak peek I mean the fact that you know John's sitting there you're sitting there you're in shock Yeah. (laughs) With a jacket thrown over a T-shirt, and I'm going, whoa! This is a different manushi. That is some look. I mean, like you're obviously kicking some serious butt in the film.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's my first action. Action, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I like the fact that it's grungy, it's real. And I remember Arun telling me that you know what? It's it's all so real. I think I want you to bring in some glamour. And you'd probably think of you know maybe you think about this girl in uh, you know in probably tights and you know makeup and probably long hair or something like that doing a very glamorized version of action but when he told me the zone of the film I said this really doesn't fit in the zone he said no 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 this is what I mean and then he shows me like you know jeans with like literally like torn boots you know because she's just done so much of action short hair and he kept cropping it he's like let's go shorter let's go shorter let's go shorter just I think a very different look and a very different feel of the character from anything else that I and did
0: it's your and real then. hair <laughs> your real hair girl a wig that not was a wig, short, <laughs> was a wig. Yeah, yeah but then you still have to work on it and get the right shape and yeah, things like yeah,
1: that you have to make the wig look like it's not yeah. a wig
0: and John's a lovely guy isn't it I mean he's, he's so well behaved he's so he's wonderful a, just,
1: he's lovely to work with I think yeah. he's he's very sweet, he's too kind and what everyone, I think my entire team was in love with him. I think the minute they'd reach on set, even if they, you know, and this is something which my team told me, they said, even if we're, we're really scared to go and say hi because he's working, he'll come up to us and he'll be like, yeah. hi, how are you? And he just remember faces. And he'll give that, well. that
0: dimpled smile <laughs> and everybody's heart will go melt, 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 melt. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's,
1: it's really nice and fun to work with
0: him. Listen, Operation Valentine is with Varun That is yeah. massive. I mean, South Cinema has blown up. I mean, people talk about, oh my God, people are not going to the theatres and, you know, they went for Pathan, they're slowing going back. I don't think the software had that problem because <laughs> Telugu cinema, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> is just exploding all the time and it must be wonderful to be part of that movement and, you know, signing a, a big film with Varun Tej.
1: I mean, I've not watched a lot of films growing up but I have watched a few Telugu films. The first one that I loved and I remember was Magadheera. Mm. And I watched it. I,
0: Amazing I, special effects.
1: And I, I don't yeah. think it was even a Hindi dub. I think I watched it with subtitles. Wow. <laughs> so Ram Charan was in. Mm, it. Ram Charan was it, yeah. Kajal yeah. And I think I absolutely loved just the how convincingly you know they showed these larger than life scenarios and I I fell in love with it A South film was something which I did want to do even before the pandemic, even before all of this happened. But nothing had really materialized because I was still waiting for my first film and I was still shooting for that first film. So so it was difficult to commit to any other film at that time. But uh, I'm glad that it's happening now. And even, I mean, the film with Varun Tej, Operation Valentine, even the way it happened was, it was meant to happen because I remember, you know, my agent sent me the script and she said, you know, tell me what you think about it. And there's this film that's happening. And I read the script on the flight when I was flying to Scotland to start my shoot for Tehran Uh. and uh, I started reading the script and usually when you read something and usually the first script they send you is like really descriptive at least in my experience I've seen that so you have to kind of push yourself at certain points you have to push yourself if you want to finish it in one go and I like to finish it in one go and I started reading this this is the first time I literally was wanted to know what happened next and it kind of kept me grip which I loved I loved how well the female character was written both the writers are men <laughs> so when I met them I told them that how come they're like well we are newly married we keep observing observing our women so it, it was so well written the character and I, I liked it and I said that I like her and I I see myself in her and I want to be her so I think that's when it happened I got down like when my flight landed I got off the plane and the first thing I did was I called I mean I, I only knew that Sony was producing it so I called my agent and I told her listen I don't know the actor director etc but I really want to do this film and then Later on, I met the director, and it happened.
0: Even for teetotalers who don't even touch alcohol, they told when you go to Scotland, you must do a malt tasting. <laughs> shorty छोटी glasses. Did you I'm, manage uh, to do that?
1: <laughs> no, no, Unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't. I'm also. I don't drink whiskey. <laughs> yeah. So didn't, didn't get to do any of those whiskey tours that they do.
0: My last question is going to be about those two wonderful questions you answered. One was Karan Johar's question on surrogacy. And of course, the Miss World winning answer, which was about, you know, the most noble profession. Okay. And, you know, those are startling answers for a 20-year-old to give. You know, very assured, startling answers. Or was it a nervous twitch in the stomach (laughs) 20-year-old, you know, delivering it confidently? I mean, I just want to know because they were wonderful answers. And you couldn't have acted them out. You had to have believed them to say it in the way you did with conviction.
1: I think, I mean, the question on surrogacy was something which I'll thank my sister for because she's a lawyer. And while she used to be studying law, you know, whenever she'd come home from hostel, there would be these dinner conversations about, you know, this case actually got this judgment into our judiciary or wow. you know, there would, there would be like, these are like some cases which really, really pushed people to change and so I remember the whole discussion about surrogacy and what it actually is as a concept was introduced to me by her because of course, there were so, there were so many people who, who would come to India searching for surrogate mothers and I remember she told me a case, I'll not go much into detail about a Japanese couple that came to India because they wanted to have a child and they came here looking for an egg donor as well as a surrogate mother. Mother. That okay, mother. Yeah. 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 Okay. Hmm. So, I think then it became quite complicated and then, you know, everyone was then, I mean, it was a very complicated case to kind of figure out who rightfully should be the parent of the child. Wow. I think uh, so those interesting conversations would, would happen. So, I still remember she told me that even though, you know, law has its own limitations, but she was talking to me about the plight of the father or, you know, the plight of the parents who actually want to take the child home. And I think that's what that's what I, I remembered when I was on stage. And that's what my, like my mind just connected to oh, surrogacy and I remember that case. And that's when I realized that there has to be, you know, you can't... Like everyone has a right to be a parent. I think it's an experience in life. And today with all the technology that we have, I think uh, it, yeah. it, it only makes sense if, uh, you know, we're able to use it to kind of add value to our, to our own lives. But yeah, of course, uh, having said that... Uh, there has to be A more formal structure that it, There has to be A proper manner In which it's followed This question was asked Six years ago And of course A lot of debate And a lot of change Has happened over the last six years
0: But the relevance of Which profession Should receive the highest salary uh-huh. In the world that's Our a very, mother's that's profession That's a
1: very controversial question <laughs> That is still here yeah, That
0: is true Six years down the line Should receive the highest salary And respect in the world Which is but so amazing
1: but, but I think that There's a little bit of emotion There's a little bit of logic also So I'll give you A little paradox over there <laughs> uh, The emotion is that like whatever in life I've done. See, it was a big risk to kind of take leave from college. I knew I was going to get detained because of attendance. so I knew that. But to kind of take a leave from there and then go and compete. And the fact that I came from this normal family where studies was given this... The utmost importance. I couldn't have done it and I wouldn't have done it had my mom not been the superstar that she is. She was there. She was holding my hand, taking me through everything, although she had no idea what she was doing herself. But we were kind of learning this together. I remember she'd go to work and, you know, after and she's a doctor. So after she's done with her work, she'd spend that extra 30 minutes before leaving her uh, office. She'd kind of quickly do a lot of research on pageantry. She'd like find me these big, big modules to read. So, the fact that she was so invested in what she knew was my dream which I was very okay giving up on because I felt that, you know, I'm going to be a doctor it's okay, you know, I don't know anyone who goes and does all of this. I don't think I'm going to do it. Everyone wants to be Miss India maybe. So, you know, it was always like that in front of them but I think she's a wonderful parent because she kind of knew what's in my heart. I never had to tell her that. So, I felt that that was my last moment to tell the world, my last opportunity that this is the woman I love And I don't care whatever the question. Even even if the question was who's the president of India, I would have said my mom. I think that day I was like, this is all about her. And I I also saw her, and I got really emotional. I saw her. I can imagine. And the other thing was also, I think the logical question here is that I don't want anyone to disagree with the. You know, you don't want anyone to disagree with the answer. We all love our mothers, and why would we not want them to be? I mean, and they are. They are logically also. They're doing (laughs) two things. They're doing two jobs. They're doing their own job, and they're coming back home, and they're nurturing the future of your country. So why? Why not? Why, that's, not? why
0: we we love, <laughs> that's why we love Manushi Chillar. Thank you, Mrs. Chillar, for all the wonderful nurturing that you've done and you've given India this, this pride and joy, a jewel. Thank you so much mm. for this conversation. I just loved it. Thank
1: you. Thank you. <laughs>